Welcome to the Deeper Dive podcast. Each week we take a deeper look at the text we covered in worship on Sunday. And we do that by discussing things like historical settings and literary contexts, the way others before us have read the text, and our reflective approach to reading that same text. This podcast is part of Calvary's Daily Connection, a place where Calvary shares something new each day to help you grow in faith. So we hope you check that out through Calvary's app or by going to connectwithcalvary.org. Well, today we're following up on uh, Psalm uh, 100, Philippians 4, and just a general a kind of attitude of uh, thankfulness. So let's uh, let's jump into that uh, first with uh, something heavy, heavy on Randy's heart here. Re- <laughs> re- it's re- called an retraction, oops. retraction of sorts. And oops, <laughs> I uh, had made a statement yesterday morning, and I wrote several things in here. Uh, but one of the statements I made, I did not write. I had written something similar, and between his and mine, I ended up copying his. And that was the statement, thankfulness to God is not simply a self-centered appreciation for the things God has done, but for the thing, or for the things God gives us, but it's, thank, it's a God-centered appreciation for faithfulness of God in our lives. And so um, I believe the, the, the gentleman's name was Maynard... Uh, uh, What's his name? Pritzball, or his last name was beyond my mm-hmm. pronunciation capacity. But I just wanted to. <laughs> I, plagiarism really, really irritates me, and so I'm really, really, generally very careful. And but I caught myself yesterday yeah. afternoon. Well, I hope so, your hope your visit with the academic dean goes well. I, I do. I hope it does too. <laughs> I'll visit. I you talked in to the great dean last night, and so. <laughs> <laughs> he, said, he said, confess your sins to one another and move on. So, That's right. You, you are forgiven, my brother. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, um, I thought this morning we might uh, talk about a couple things that maybe I didn't get to yesterday. Uh, one of them was in that 100th Psalm in those first verses where it said, uh, enter, his, enter his gates with thanksgiving and come into his courts with praise. Uh, at one point I had toyed with the idea of going down that direction to dwell a bit more on temple worship back in the time when this psalm would have been written, but time just didn't allow for that. So I want to pick that up just a bit this morning. I think it was a couple weeks ago we talked about one of the differences between Old Testament and New Testament is that uh, in Old Testament, their relationship with God was more communal. It was more of the whole group kind of thing. While at least in Western civilization, our relationship with God has moved more towards, at times, an individual sort of thing, although we try to uh, try to tie that community part together as, as much as we can and as tight as we can. I was going to say, the individualism has gone a little too far sometimes. It has. So. And, um, but in, in terms of what's written here in the psalm, um, there was also a dimension in, in that time about making a public statement about worship of God. And so they're coming into the temple, they're praising God, their celebration would have been much more dramatic. I remember on a couple of uh, Good Friday services when we carried the cross through communities 15 or 20 miles and ended up in a community a Good Friday service. We made quite an entrance coming through town into the sanctuary. Uh, and I think those kinds of entrances were more common back then than they are today. I also think, though, that within the church community, within the family of God, 
there on occasions some styles of worship that will make those kinds of entrances up to the front. Uh, when I was uh, directing uh, Night Owl Camp, uh, uh, you weren't there that year, but this person, and her name escapes me, uh, was part of the uh, team at Normal First. And I'm pretty casual, uh, but she was describing to me what her soul resonated with when she walked in with all of their robes and with all of the pieces to worship that they carried in to the sanctuary on Sunday morning, and they have a, a um, pipe organ playing and and what she felt like and how that set a certain stage for her um, with God. Um, I probably come more from a tradition where we walk in, we begin to sing or praise or invite people to uh, engage in worship at that point in time. Uh, I just I just want folks to know that uh, worship does have a, a purpose in the sense of making testimony to the world. And I think Probably the, the folks around that were not of the Jewish faith uh, did not believe in uh, Jehovah God back in the time of King David and others. I think they were at least drawn to that kind of procession coming into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Uh, the difference, of course, was is that they could only go so far because they were not allowed into the Holy of Holies and were not actually allowed into what they considered to be the very presence of God. Whereas today, we find the presence of God, whether we uh, uh, walk in silently or quietly, or we find the presence of God in our uh, prayer rooms in our homes or in the restaurant where we're eating lunch. Uh, I mean, that whole thing changed too. But I, I just, there's a bit about that uh, majesty of walking in. We do have that at annual conference sometimes mm-hmm. when they, when, it's especially usually the ordination. bishop, especially at ordination, when when we come in praising God and worshiping God, and there's some sort of pageantry. I'm not sure that's the right word to use to that. Yeah, it is pretty but awesome. But there is yeah. something about that that creates a sense, maybe a more of a sense of all, and sometimes mm-hmm. just casually wandering in the door. Yeah, I wonder what it would be like if um, if. Uh, if it was the expectation that people would walk into our worship center doors with thanksgiving, that would make a big difference in our hearts. I don't mean just Calvary. I mean all worship centers, wherever we worshiped, that we would walk in with a sense of thanksgiving to God for for the opportunity to worship for just who God is. Um, I keep trying to think of a way to say uh, to be thankful without the word for afterwards. You know, be thankful for but be thankful in, and um, I mean, what a difference that would make, because often, you know, I remember when I my kids were little, and, and I was leading worship, and I would come in with a spirit of frazzleness, um, because the kids were fighting with each other, or one of them had just thrown up all over their clothes because they were a baby, and I, you know, and what if we walked in every Sunday morning with a spirit of thanksgiving, Oh, man, that would be great. One of the things I sometimes hear is that I'm not nurtured or I'm not fed or I'm not being whatever in worship. And without being... Without being... Defensive? Snitty. (laughs) Without being snitty. I just wonder what we come to worship with. I wonder what we come... Whether it's Sunday morning. I wonder what we come to Wednesday night Bible study with. 
Uh, I'm sure we come with uh, with all of the baggage of the day, all of the baggage if we have family and kids to gather up to try to get here to Kid Venture. Um, I frankly, and I honestly, I just feel for parents. Uh, I felt for my wife when when my kids were younger, and I was always at the church early making preparations, and she was left to try to gather everybody to bring them. Um, but somehow, somehow, I think it would it would behoove us. It would uh, it, it would better our lives if we could find a way to come to worship on Sunday morning with not a, I gotta go. Uh, now we don't send out emails anymore, so everybody's safe. But I gotta go. <laughs> uh, somebody's gonna say something to me, or somebody's gonna notice, or I gotta go, rather than I just I just can't wait to get there. Right. I just right. can't wait to get there. And not because of anything that's gonna happen in worship, in terms of the the liturgy or the preaching or the anything, but because we are worshiping together as a community that goes beyond that individualistic thing that we were talking mm-hmm. about earlier to a corporate worship you know and, and, and someplace that we're st- we stand in awe right of, of being in the house of god now i know the house of god can be our living room i know it can be any other place a restaurant but somehow there's just something special I don't know if that's a good word. Uh, when you come to the house designated, where folks gather together to worship. Well, Jesus calls us to gather as the community of Christ. Right. The community uh, there's of just the something about that. I, uh, and, and yesterday's morning's uh, um, oh prayer of confession, we do something that we don't often do here, and that's allow silence to lie for just a bit. Mm-hmm. It just kind of laid there, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I'm curious what other folks thought, what they felt. Uh, my mind, frankly and honestly, was moving on to the next thing that I needed to remember I needed to do, and I had a hard time just to be silent and wait upon the Lord. And my guess is there may have been a few others that struggled with that same sort of thing, but that silence in the presence of the Lord uh, I think sometimes is maybe what we need as much as anything, just to stop for a moment and say, my Lord and my God, my Lord and my God, and let that settle around us. You know, I, I have talked about the fact that a few, several weeks ago now, I went on a, a spiritual retreat with several of my um, clergy colleagues, and um, we went to a, a Benedictine monastery. Um, where we practiced um, silence, and oh man, um, I mean, I came back fed, um, not because, I, I mean, I did a lot of reading and, and praying there, but man, just being silent before the Lord and um, giving thanks to God, um, the grounds are beautiful, and um, I was able to walk, thank you, Jesus, for a new knee, um, and um to be able to just look around at the beauty of, of God's creation was just just a really really powerful thing to me and and so I think as as Randy said yesterday in worship um, I have not yet set my reminders to uh, give praise give thanks um, but I think that that's a, an incredible thing to do to just remind myself throughout the day give thanks um, I don't have much trouble with that in the morning uh, even before I get out of bed. 
um, I began to, to honor him, praise him. Um, probably some of that's just built in my uh, – uh, one, of, one of the many prayer patterns I use, but one of them is the Acts prayer pattern, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. And it took me a while as a young Christian growing up to understand that adoration uh, was not about stuff. And it was not about, thanks, Lord, that I have clothes today. Thanks, Lord, that I have food today. But it was standing in the presence of God and becoming aware that he is mercy, Uh, becoming uh, aware and offering thanks to him. I mean, we thank God for for his nice stuff. But we thank God, praise God, honor God for who he is. And so... uh, I love the places in the scripture, and and I I never took Hebrew, so it's a real struggle for me sometimes. But the Hebrew names of God that I've learned through the study and preaching of the Lord's Prayer have deepened that relationship, and deepened that time when I stand before Him and there's nothing else going on. Um, a couple of places um, I was uh, I was uh, through some of the notes that I gathered, and they were just kind of scattered from a number of places, but uh, uh, one, of the, one of the statements was, God is not merely creator and ruler of the world. He is the founder, guardian, Lord, and shepherd of his church. Uh, we're studying uh, uh, the shepherd in Psalm 23 and men's faith and fellowship on Wednesday mornings. And uh, it has caused us to stop and pause and take twice as long to go through this study than what we planned as we once again remind ourselves. And I look around that room, and they're men of faith. And if I wanted somebody to pray with me about something, I could go to most of the guys in that room and say, would you be my prayer partner in this? And yet we get busy, and, and, and it's, a, it's, a pretty, it's a group that's real, pretty responsible. Let me say that for lack of a better word. But sometimes we've just got to come in and let God be the shepherd because we don't have that capacity to see the kind of guardianship he provides over our lives and over our mouths and over our hearts and souls every day. So um, I was picking up yesterday um, a couple of things about uh, giving thanks, praise, gratitude, Um I wanted to bring this in, and then um, I, I, I just didn't get to it. But there was um, something I picked off, I'll pick up off of a website about gratitude. I also noticed this in my uh, slim meanderings through Facebook from the church I previous, previously served, but they've called Thursdays as Thankful Thursdays. And so they have begun to, in that church, practice the spiritual discipline on Thursdays of giving thanks to God. Now, you know, in my mind, it always moves to, well, we need to do that every day. But, boy, what a way to remind ourselves about, uh, as, as a church, to give thanks to God and to honor God and to deeply appreciate what what's going on. 
I think he used Philippians yesterday as well. And um, um, it, when when Paul talks about um, give thanks in in all circumstances and all in all times, uh, I think we all understand that um, what that means is to be thankful in, not thankful for. Um, but I, I think a regular habit of Thanksgiving, like the Thankful Thursdays that that a previous church of yours has, um, could remind us because we're we're not always thankful. Um, you know, um, and and the circumstances that we live in are not always um, easy. Uh, but to be thankful because God is still God in the midst of that. And there is still air to breathe. And we are still able to get from point A to point B in the midst of all of that, all of that stuff in the world. And for me, that lifts my head a little higher um, and, and my heart a little higher to recognize that even though my life is out of control, God is, God's got this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it may not go, I mean, I've lived long enough and experienced enough to know that many things don't go the way I want them to go. And there's a lot of pain in the world, but that doesn't mean that God isn't still God. <laughs> and so that Thanksgiving and that adoration remind me that God is still God. And people will say, well, how is that? You know, terrible things happen. Um, there are, are natural disasters that kill people. There are people that kill people. How can there be a loving God in the midst of that? And, um, you know, Scripture tells us, my experience tells us, the history of the church tells us, there, there's just too much evidence. Um, there is a merciful, loving God. And that's where I keep my eyes or, or want to keep my eyes during those difficult times. I was reading... Um some testimonies about Thanksgiving, and uh, one of the testimonies I read was from uh, a, a man who had lost everything in this recent, um, what was it, Harvey that went through Houston? Yeah, yeah. Had lo- literally just lost everything. And he said, uh, as he was being interviewed, he says, but I want you to know, he says, I'm still grateful because my family's still here. Yeah. We don't have anything other stuff. But he said, in some ways, it's almost freeing mm-hmm. that we don't have to worry about our stuff. Now, right. this where we're going to live and how I'm going to be employed is a bit of a concern, he said. But he said, somehow, it, I, I don't understand how it happens, but somehow there's a, a sense of gratitude even in the midst of what's going on here in Houston. And uh, that's when I think, uh, I wish I could walk by and say, that's the presence of God. That's because brothers and sisters who are not really literally your spiritual brothers and sisters, but brothers and sisters in Christ from all over this country and all over this world have been praying, I had your protection for you, and have been praying over your soul and your spirit, and been praying God's presence around you to surround you, even when you haven't asked for that to happen in the midst of what's going on. And that's why there is a peace, that's why there is a gratitude. It goes beyond our earthly comprehension. Mm-hmm. But it is available to us, and it's, it's, it's something that we can be blessed by, and it comes from God himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It comes from God himself. And, and we could go down this rabbit trail of, uh, okay, that, that we prayed a hedge of protection around this family, and uh, they didn't lose anybody, but other families did. So does that mean that they weren't prayed for enough, that God didn't bless them enough? You know, that's where we always get into trouble. Um, we don't get into trouble. Um, that's where people that are really struggling with the issues of faith go to. Um, um, 
you know, why, why do some die and some don't? Uh, why, uh, what does prayer mean if, if we're praying for an entire area? And um, some say we were blessed because we still have our family, and some say I lost my family mm-hmm. and all this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, that's a, that's a question. I mean, that's not for this podcast probably because that's a whole area in and of itself. But that's an important one. It is. And it's important to acknowledge that as Christians, that we don't have all the answers to all of this. Right, right. I do know this, that in many ways, God still has not left you or forsake you when you've lost people Mm -hmm. who are extremely close to you. We know that, don't we? And uh, he still stands with you. Uh, Even though things don't always seem fair the way they played themselves out, he has not left us. He's not forsaken us. He is, is able to take our anger or our pain or our frustration, and still uh, pour love into us and grace mm-hmm. into us and capacity to live mm-hmm. into us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I, my mind is every day drawn to this church in Texas. Right, that's what I keep thinking about too, yeah. And, um, you know, faith really, the, the knowledge that God has those loved ones in the palm of his hand mm-hmm. – brings them a sense of, of, of hope or brings them a sense of comfort. The ones that I'm sometimes concerned about are those who have no connection to God at all to start with and walk through some of those circumstances. Um, and yet I go back to Acts and read where Paul and Silas been beaten and were in prison and were singing praise to God. That blows your mind. And led that jailer into a relationship with God. As you were preaching um, and talking about that, I kept thinking of a song that um, I used to uh, sing and and play. Um, I think probably in high school, and it was, you know, my my parents were into the whole uh, uh, gospel music in Gaither, and so I don't know whether this was a Gaither song. I don't remember, but give me a song to sing at midnight. Do you know that one, Randy? Um, and and it was a powerful song about, um, you know, God, during the midnights of my life and during the times of jail at my life, give me a song to sing so that I can still praise you during those times. And I think there was an old song called The Midnight Hour. But yeah, that's it, not it. it uh, yeah, you know, I'm much younger than you, and so I'm. I'm uh, yeah, I'm, right. I'm whatever, to, whatever. Uh, the song probably wasn't written when you were. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, but you know, that's that's my prayer. Is God, would you just help me to sing? Because I want people to know that in the midst of my pain, I'm still praising you, mm-hmm. um, um, and, and I'm still, um, I still see your faithfulness in the midst of pain. Well, even as we're moving into, and we're going to celebrate Advent, start here at Calvary a week early this year because of the way the dates are falling uh, for so that Christmas then we Eve. Can, so that then December 24th is actually solely, Christmas Eve. Yeah, becomes solely Christmas Eve. Uh, I, I was reading this morning in the scripture that you're preaching on next week from Isaiah, and then I was also studying the scripture that I'm preaching from the following week. And again, we hear the story of God... Uh, as folks surrender to him, relenting of whatever judgment he has handed to them, uh, and once again, being a God of hope for them. Mm-hmm. Um, this world is complicated, and uh, uh, if I understood it all, I'd probably be 
closer to God than than you'd be dead actually, actually if you understood probably, it all. That's probably true. <laughs> I think some of our struggle is just we can't understand it all. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. But that's where um, that's where Proverbs three five and six: Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge Him, and and He will direct your path. That's been a, a solid rock verse in my life for a lot of years. So, so this coming week, um, um, this this next Sunday, I'm excited to get into this series because um, it's talking about coming home, and uh, we're going to redefine home. We're going to redefine family, and um, and I pray that it's just going to be a, a powerful series as we celebrate the Lord our God uh, during this Advent season. So I'm very excited about that. All right. Well, our time's up uh, for today. And thanks for listening. We'd love to keep the discussion going with you. Uh, if you have questions or comments uh, to add to the discussion, you can find us on Facebook or uh, uh, through the website or Twitter or whatever uh, your your uh, communication vehicle of choice uh, is. We'd love to hear from you. And we'll be back next week with a deeper dive into uh, the first Sunday of Advent, uh, Isaiah, I believe. Yeah. The whole book. The whole no, book just, or just, chapter 61, just, I believe. Just part, is of, it? Yeah. Just part of chapter 61, <laughs> yeah. So until then, grace and peace.